but he is kind of a tool so (laughs) in the film so not much of a stretch there but still um Welcome to episode 12 of the Dan and Joe Film Show. Hope you're all well and keeping safe in lockdown. But we're here to cheer you up with some film news and reviews. Uh, And joining me, as always, he puts the rich in. Richards, please welcome Joe Richards. I wish I was rich. Unfortunately, this is in pain at the moment. So we need to get... (laughs) So if you are listening and want to send us some money to keep this going, you know, so we can maybe buy ourselves some new clothes for YouTube or something like that, so we can look good our very best on YouTube, then by all means, send the money our way to uh, my bank account, not Dan's. But yes. What? (laughs) How are you, Dan? Are you okay? I'm doing good. I I think we're wearing lovely clothes, actually. But you know, you are right. I think a little bit of Gucci goes a long way. You know what I mean? Like, I think if we had a couple of zeros in our banks, we could really make a splash. Absolutely. I think we are looking good. And if you are listening to the podcast, Obviously, you can't see us right now. We do appreciate that. But if you head over to our YouTube channel, you will be able to see what we are wearing. I am wearing a lovely check shirt and Dan is wearing an item of clothing which doesn't have any writing on the front for a change. A lovely red striped uh, t-shirt. Very summery, Dan. Are Are you in the summer kind of spirit even though obviously we're still in lockdown at the moment? Absolutely, Joe. Absolutely. The world keeps turning. You've got to feel summery. I'm just going to pop out now for some frozen lemonade, uh, go down to the beach and uh, play some volleyball. Just imagining that uh, nothing is going on in the world. Uh, but yeah, the weather's been very strange. Like it's sunny most of the time, but then it gets windy and it's, it's like, what do you wear? I don't know about you. I, I, I'm trying my best. I'm looking at my cupboard with all my clothes and I'm thinking, oh gosh, this is just depressing. Like most of it is from winter time. So I, I have tried to, um, or, you know, have a little snoop online of what's kind of coming out. So yeah, you know, you've got, you've got to keep going, mate. You've got to keep I, going with this summer I, fashion. I've not bought any new clothes for this summer season. I'm not going to lie. Only because I'm not really going to go anywhere, I don't think. I think I'll be mm. uh, in lockdown, maybe July. Obviously, we're hoping the cinemas will be back open. And then if they are open and the shops are back open, I'm sure me and you, Dan, as is often the case, we'll have our little visits to H&M and various other outlets which are available for clothes. Yes, um, yes. But I don't know about you, but I'm, in the, I'm at the stage of lockdown now where every day is kind of blending into one. And I don't really, for, for the longest time during lockdown, I think I've been okay in kind of keeping track of what day it is and things like that. But the past week, I think it's gotten to me. And I think that it's gotten to me because Thursday, I woke up and I realized that I hadn't showered for two days. <gasps> you are joking. I hadn't. Now, usually I have a shower every single day, but I hadn't showered for two days. I don't know what it was. It just, maybe this last week in lockdown has just all kind of merged into one kind of day. You dirty boy. But I, 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 
I was sat there, I was thinking, I need to shower. I had not showered in at least two days or washed my hair. Um, so I think I'm at that stage now where things are starting to blend into one. I'm running out of things to watch. So what me and Hannah, my better half, have decided to do is write down a list of movies and franchises that we want to watch, okay? Because sometimes Hannah's like, I want to watch this movie and I'm not really in the mood for that movie, you know, or, or vice versa. So to make it fair, we've decided to write a list of all the films and franchises we want to watch, put them in a hat, and then we're literally going to just pick them at random. So then it's, it's up to the gods to decide what film we're going to watch on any given night. Because at the moment, I don't know, it's just kind of like, I, I'm a bit fussy. I don't really know what I feel like watching and things like that. But how's yours and Amelia's film challenge going? You choose a film every week, don't you? Like a, a theme and you challenge the other person to, to watch a film that they've never watched. Is that right? We do indeed. You know, like you said, you've got to spice it up a little bit. And I'm, I'm like you. I wake up some days and everyone's been there where you stop midway through your day and you go, oh, what, what day is it today? <laughs> and some days you don't even need to think that because it's, every day is the same. You're right, like you don't do anything that requires you to think what day it is. But yeah, we, we, set, we uh, challenge each other to watch a film. We pick a theme every week, which might be good. You and Hannah might want to, anyone else at home wants to join into the club? Absolutely, it's five pound entry fee uh, to join the club. And you have to be, uh, you know, have a good bit of excess fee. And some weeks have been great. Some weeks have been tough. She has chosen films that I would never dream of watching. They might be great films. For example, one week we did an Oscars week. So um, I challenged her to go watch The Revenant, which is great if you haven't seen it. And then she challenged me to watch The Theory of Everything. Now, of course, Eddie Redmayne won Best Actor. Why wouldn't I want to watch it? But like, it's just one of those films I've never, ever wanted to watch. I don't know why. And so that was a really tough one to get through. But you know what? I watched it. And it hasn't been a single film yet, which I thought, oh, didn't enjoy that. So I think, you know, going out your comfort zone, watching films that you, you know, you made you missed a couple of years ago. I know a lot of people are doing that. It's good for you. You're right. And I think I like the whole list thing, you know, ticking off the list. You know, Choose. one day can be yours, one day can be hers. Exactly. Just pick it at random and it could be a franchise. So like Pirates of the Caribbean is going to go in there. I think we're going to put Lord of the Rings. And, uh, you know, I know you're a big fan of those movies. Who knows? Maybe we'll put Aquaman in there for a laugh. We'll, we'll have to see. We'll have to see. <laughs> um, but what is, so oh, did you enjoy, you enjoyed the theory of everything though, yeah? It, it was fine, you know, I, I, I thought it was great performances. Eddie Redmayne did a bang-up job of, uh, of playing Stephen Hawking. And, it, you know, it's just it's quite a sad film. It really, really is. I don't think if you're looking for an uplifting uh, comedy to watch, don't watch it. Yeah. But, um, you know, if you, if you like physics and equations, oh boy, oh boy, you're going to get your money's worth in that, I'll tell you what. No, but, you know, seriously, it was... It was a film I was dreading, and um, yeah, I think it's worth a watch, definitely. And did Amelia, more importantly, did Amelia like The Revenant? She did. She loved it, actually. And fair play to her, The Revenant is a long movie. It's two and a half hours, and most of the time, Leonardo DiCaprio is just walking through muds and in a forest. So I think, you know, she did really well to kind of watch it all in one go as well. That's another thing as well, like... I don't know about you, I'm, I struggle to watch a film in one go. I really, at the start of the lockdown, it was great. My family and I were watching, having cinema nights. Now, I, I struggle to watch, even if it's a short film, I'll have to watch it in two halves. And I think I, I'm really missing the times of cinema where we could just go and, and we had no choice and we just have to watch it all the way through. So yeah, that's something as well. I'm just like, I've got, I'm lacking attention right now. 
I think both of us will need that film stamina back up when we when we eventually get back into those cinemas and we're mm. seeing like three. Can you imagine? Go. It feels like a distant memory, a dream of three films back to back at the moment. Take take me back, Joe. Take me back to the good old days. <laughs> oh, brilliant. <laughs> I've had a lot of messages recently from people, friends from work and long-term friends and family who are at that point in lockdown now where they've kind of run, as I said earlier on, run out of things to watch. And they come to me, obviously, for good reason, asking for suggestions as to what to watch on Netflix and streaming and things like that. So I thought, what would be a good idea to do this show instead of focus on news is have a look at what's currently available for people to watch. To start off, the one I've kind of suggested to everybody on Netflix is an Adam Sandler film, which was released back in February, and it's Uncut Gems. Okay, here we go. KG, don't you got a game tonight? How many carrots is this? That's a million dollar old for your home. Oh, I heard you taking my money all over town, placing bets. Black Jewel, pal. I loved it, and it was so visceral, so tense, so exciting and so stressful that it actually made my better half um, actually like had a finger like dug into her cheek. She was that stressed out and she had a mark afterwards. Oh no, it call is, the doctor. Uh, it was so, it is a stressful watch and visceral and it kind of takes a lot from the kind of sp- early Spielberg days of a lot of dialogue cutting over each other, people, you kind of having to really kind of work. It's a film which makes you work to kind of listen to what, what people are saying and things like that. So that is one that I've suggested to a lot of people because it is a shame that it missed out on the awards. I know a lot of people were kind of hoping that Adam Sandler was going to get nominated for Best Actor in the Oscars for this. And he was sadly snubbed, which I think is very unfair because it is a performance of a lifetime for him. If you're looking for something to keep the kids entertained, there's plenty I can kind of recommend because Uncut Gems, I should mention, is very much for grown-ups. Uh, one which I love, which is currently on Sky Cinema at the moment, and I watched the other day, and it is one of the best kind of family films I've seen in recent years, and I know you liked it a lot as well, Dan, was uh, Dora the Explorer uh, and the Lost City of Gold. You, you, so you watched this back in the summer, back when the day was good last year, and you said to me, and you came back and you gave it four stars, and I was like, what, a Dora the Explorer movie? But you're so right. And I'll tell you what, there's some great scenes in there. I love the way in the canteen where she's like, delicioso. That's my new phrase now. <laughs> every time I, every time I, I go, oh, it's delicioso. Mmm, delicioso. <laughs> Can you say delicioso? Say delicioso. She, she'll grow out of it. 
is so enjoyable. It's really silly, um, but it's such a great family movie. And you're right. I, I think families of all ages, if you've got um, a Sky TV pass, I think definitely go and watch it. It's really good. Yeah. Another film, which is on Amazon Prime, and it's free of charge on Amazon Prime as well, which is great, considering it was only released back in March, I think, which mm. is My Spy with Dave Bautista. And when I saw that it come on Amazon Prime, I just naturally assumed it was going to be one of these kind of home theatrical releases where they charge you £10, £15 to watch it. So I was very impressed that actually it's free of charge. And that, again, is suitable for the family. And it's Dave Bautista doing like a kind of army back in the 90s, kind of taking his a chat shot at doing a family film. And it, and I thought it was really surprising fun. And I think you thought the same, didn't you, Dad? Yeah, I think it was the last film I actually watched in the cinema. And you know what? Even though it did get a very, very brief theatrical run, there was a lot of families there on that day. I'm surprised I haven't catched anything, to be honest with you. But there were lots of families um, at the cinema and they all really enjoyed it. And you're so right. I think the trailers are awful. I'm not a massive fan of Dave Bautista. I think he does some good roles. And I think some roles I've been like, oh, you know, I think he's trying to be Dwayne Johnson, isn't he? But I will go ahead and say, I, I think he's getting there. You know, I think if he keeps doing roles like this, naturally, he's just a really charismatic guy. And like I said, I don't think he's up there with Dwayne Johnson. But I thought this was perfectly fine. I thought it was funny at times. I thought the cast were great. The little girl's actually really good in it as well, which you don't find all the time. And yeah, I, I enjoyed it. And I think if you've got an Amazon Prime account, definitely watch it. I don't know whether I'd advise people to like pay lots of money for it. But I think if you've got an Amazon Prime account, yeah, I definitely go for it. Yeah, absolutely. And then the last kind of family thing I want to talk about, it's on Netflix, bit left field. But obviously, if you want your kids to kind of learn something or maybe something which is kind of be uh, longer lasting and have more of an educational tone to it, then there is a fantastic documentary on Netflix at the moment, uh, which was released last year. And I gave it, I think, four stars. It is an outstanding viewing, especially for kids around 10, 11, I think, would, would really enjoy it. It's Apollo 11, which kind of charts the Apollo 11 mission from beginning to end. It's not your typical documentary. It doesn't have a lot of talking heads, but it does basically have a lot of archival footage. And I think if you want your kids to kind of learn about the science and the history of that mission, then that is a great watch. Have you got any suggestions, Dan? Yeah, so um, one film I really enjoyed, and you did as well, that has just come out uh, on Amazon Prime, is Downhill with Will Ferrell. It's a film, again, that, that came out, I think, just before everything kind of went, you know, all the cinema started to close. Really enjoyed it. Uh, like an indie comedy from Fox Search. Like, Will Ferrell's fantastic. I love him so much. Um, so that's definitely, definitely one I would recommend as well. And finally, of course, Birds of Prey uh, and the emancipation of Harley Quinn, blah, 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 blah. I don't know the title. But this is a film we reviewed back a couple of episodes ago, back in the good old days when we had a studio. And yeah, one that I really, really enjoyed. You've also got Sonic the Hedgehog, which has just come out. And also a film I really liked. I know you kind of liked it. I, I thought really underrated. The Rhythm Section with Blake Lively. Yes, um, yes. Blake Lively is fantastic. I love her. I thought she was great in A Simple Favour. And this is a really pretty performance from her. This is something we haven't seen her in. I'm sure you can agree she is the reason why the film works so well. But I remember watching it in the cinema and just thinking, why is this getting such a bad press? So that's on sale at the minute. That is $1.99. So definitely, uh, if you want to catch that, if you want to pay the extra bit, I think they're worth it. I lost my family three years ago. They were killed. It wasn't an accident. I'm going to find the ones who did this. Are you sure you want to do this? If you shoot me, everyone dies. 
This week, our special guest and co-host joining us uh, on the Dan Joe Film Show is Rachel Wagner. She is a film critic. She's a YouTuber. She has a channel called Rachel's Reviews. She's also a podcaster like ourselves. She does a podcast called Hallmarkies, which is a podcast all about Hallmark movies. Uh, and she's also a Rotten Tomato approved critic. So uh, yeah, definitely uh, great to have her with us. So hello, Rachel. Welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks so much for having me on. It's great to be here. No problem at all. Thank you for coming on. How, how are you at the minute? How's lockdown over in America? How are you coping? <laughs> I'm, doing, I, I'm doing as well as I guess can be expected. We're just, uh, my state is doing a little bit better than, than some other places. We're, we're, we're actually just this next week going to be moving into what is known as yellow zone. We got, uh, the highest was red and then we moved to orange and now we're moving to yellow. <laughs> so, <laughs> so things are looking up. Things are looking good. I'm actually going to be doing a whole uh, piece today on the first local theater that's opening, reopening. I interviewed uh, the owners and everything like that. And I'm going today to to watch a to watch a movie in a theater today, which is just surreal. Wow! Wow! You are lucky. Yeah, I'm very lucky. I'm going to see the last Harry Potter movie they're showing, and wow. uh, so, yeah, it's a cool historic theater. So I'm doing a piece about it. So things are things are looking pretty good here compared to a lot of other places. We had the some of the highest testing in the whole country here in Utah. We had some of the highest as far as number of people getting tested we had i mean we just we i feel like we really we really we did a great job <laughs> i'm very proud very proud and uh, but it has been it has been difficult you know the things that you don't realize that you are gonna you know miss that you take for granted i mean i didn't think it would be that hard because i work from home so i thought eh, it won't be that bad but it I missed my friends a lot and I missed them um, going to screenings a lot and I've missed going to church a lot. <laughs> All <Yeah>. that. It's been <laughs> like hard. 100%. 100%. Sure. And like, you're, you're like us, Rachel. We really miss the cinema and the movie theaters and it's just the experience. And we were speaking, speaking a lot over the last couple of shows about streaming and the fact that, you know, we all love movies, but sometimes you want to go to the movie theater yeah. and actually yeah. get an experience. So obviously you spoke there about uh, the fact that uh, the first local theater is being released, um, but you've also been going to drive-in movie theaters, yes. which here in the UK, we don't have those at all. So, so oh, tell yeah? us, uh, what was your experience like with those? Yeah, it's, it's a really interesting experience going to the drive-in. There's been two, two types of drive-ins that have actually happened here. One is, is the, there's this local theater that is actually opening once we get into Yellow Zone, which is exciting. They actually created a makeshift drive-in theater where they <laughs> they built the screens and they made it they made it work because uh, they had enough space outside of their of their location to do it so that's been that was amazing and they had um i watched at that theater i watched jurassic park which is one of my all-time favorites and i actually got emotional i actually was crying because it had been such a stressful experience and to be able to watch that movie after months and you know of not being able to watch in in the drive-in the drive-in was was it, it was an emotional experience for me it meant a lot and um and then i also saw they had back to the future which is another favorite and et so it was it was a great it was a great little run and then there's the actual drive-in uh, about 15 20 minutes from where i live uh, 
they have an actual drive-in slash swap meet that runs from like April to October. So they just opened two weeks ago. And so I've been able to go there twice now. It was a great experience. I mean, just people that are trying to make the best of a bad situation, trying to provide entertainment for people. I mean, the whole, uh, it was really cool. I don't even live in America, but I'm so happy for Utah right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Go Utah. That's right. <laughs> Over here, we're not, we're not at that stage, but hopefully we will be. Hopefully we can learn from Utah and, uh, and get to the yellow zone. That'd be really good. Um, we're going to chat about a couple of movies today, uh, two of which uh, are available on Netflix at the minute, if you fancy staying home. And one of them um, is on stream, but also Rachel got to go and watch at a drive-in movie theater. Yeah. Um, so we're going to chat about that now. So um, this is Valley Girl, and this is a remake, I believe, of a film star Nicolas Cage, who we love, by the way. We're we massive absolutely Cage love Nicolas Cage, yeah. <laughs> yeah Big yeah, Cage yeah. fans. So what did you think of uh, Valley Girl, Rachel? I really enjoyed it. It definitely has its flaws. It's, it's not perfect, but overall, I, I mean, I'm a a very easy sell when it comes to musicals. I love <laughs> musicals. And if you want to make me in general, like a movie more, make it a musical and that'll make me like it more. I just Amen. love, I love, I love Broadway. I love show tunes and I love musicals. And, and so that was a big win in my book. And if you're going to, I feel like if you're going to remake a, a movie, do something different. So I appreciated that they made it a musical. Why not? It's very bubbly. It's very effervescent. It's very fun. Uh, very colorful, very energetic. And I, I had a fun time watching it. I mean, I love rom-coms. Everybody knows that. Uh, and so I enjoyed that part of it. I mean, the weakness of the film is the acting is not the best. If you're expecting a great performance, great performances, you're going to be disappointed. It's not the best, especially Logan Paul. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, no. I, mean, I, I saw him <laughs> on the poster and I was immediately yeah. turned off of it, to be honest. Um, yeah, I don't blame you. He's not in the, and I, some people said, oh, he's not in the movie very much. I don't know if I agree with that. He's in quite a bit. But he is kind of a tool, so <laughs> <laughs> in the film, so <laughs> not much of a stretch there, but still. Um, but uh, you know, and Jessica Roth is great. She's re I think really charismatic, and she does a great job. The other that her her guy didn't do much for me, and I didn't think they had very good chemistry. You certainly know Nicolas Cage, that's for sure. Who uh, is? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> but. I don't know. I thought it was a, a good time. I enjoyed it. It was a fun movie to see at the drive-in too, because the drive-in, there's a nostalgia to the drive-in and it's a nostalgic film. So it really kind of fit well. And, and it is a bit of an exclusive here, Dan, is it? Because it's not out in the UK yet, is it? Or is it available for streaming in the UK yet? It's not available yet in the UK. Um, but oh. like Rachel, I, I love a good musical. I love a good rom-com. I don't like Logan Paul, but there we are. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. But it, it sounds fun. And I think it's great that they, they are releasing those movies in drive-ins. Um, and it's, it's a perfect film to watch. You can sing along in the car and have a good time. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I, I thought it was really cute. I, I enjoyed it. Are you crazy? Yeah. Uh, we met at the, the beach. Uh, I'm Randy. I'm Julie. Hey, open up. 
So do you like live around here? <laughs> Not exactly. Come on, man, hurry up in there. Wanna get out of here? I'm so sure. Kill this motor. Wait, as if. Like I just met you, and this is Mickey's party. <gasps> the Mickey? This is Mickey's party? Well, I mean, where would you want to go? Anywhere. What would you want to do? Anything. <laughs> Moving on now, we're going to be talking about a very different movie. Uh, this is Becoming. So this is a Netflix documentary uh, all about Michelle Obama, basically uh, after she uh, left as first lady. Joe, do you want to take it away with this one? This is following Michelle Obama as she does a press tour for her book of the same name, Becoming. And it's all basically revolves around the kind of behind the scenes. It looks into her personality, kind of looks at her kind of work with like the youth of America and things like that as well. And uh, we've got a clip for you now. I crave some longer experiences with young people through the community events. The tour could do a great job of giving me a little taste of it. How do you feel, like, how do I put this? How do you feel transitioning back to your normal life because, like, it got interrupted? Well, mm. I don't want to say interrupted, but it was like it was like a huge bump in the road because mm. you thought you were just gonna live this normal life, and then all of a sudden your husband became president. Yeah. So how does it feel like trying to get back on track of your normal life <laughs> that you had before? What I've learned is that get back on what track? It's a whole new track. It's not going back, it's not, you know, it's, all, it's just all different, and it's different forever. So it's not getting back on track, but it's creating my next track. I'm doing what you're doing. I'm figuring out what do I want to do? What do I care about? And it takes time to process your life and, and figure out what it all means. So little of who I am happened in those eight years. So much more of who I was happened before. <laughs> okay, so that was a clip from Becoming, and that kind of sums it up there, you know, the scenes where Michelle is kind of sat around with like younger people who obviously clearly look up to her and kind of ask her questions about how they could progress in their careers and their education and things like that. And you can really tell that Michelle uh, is very passionate about uh, helping the youth and, and, and um, really enjoys kind of talking about her experiences and hearing those experiences as well. So right off the bat, Michelle, I think, and the Obamas in general are incredibly kind of likable characters. And that is key, I think, you don't have to like a person when you're watching a documentary, but it certainly helps. In this case, it does help that I think Michelle Obama is very likable. Uh, she's warm, she's charming, and you get the sense that like, after eight years of obviously her husband's presidency, that she has remained down to earth. And I think the documentary is very keen to show that side of her, that she is 
down to earth they kind of make a big deal of that and make a big focus on that you know like when we first see her in the opening kind of scene you know she's kind of listening to Kirk Franklin's A God Like You listening to that that music which which she loves so much so immediately you kind of feel comfortable with her so that's key to it she's intelligent she clearly like I said before she clearly cares about the work that she does especially helping the youth but in terms of the documentary itself okay she's charming um she's down to earth she's likable but for me that can only go so far and what I kind of like from a documentary and what I kind of need from a documentary really is like challenging questions I like a documentary to make me work a little bit and to cause a little bit of debate a little bit of discussion this documentary for me doesn't really have those questions it doesn't really give present that opportunity for debate and I think that's what what is kind of lacking from it. I think as it stands, it's fine. It's middle of the road. It's only like an hour, 30 minutes, and it kind of flies by. And I enjoyed being in her company for an hour and 30 minutes. And as I said, I do like her a lot. But in terms of a documentary, if you're going in looking for anything of kind of real sustenance, if you're looking for something to really kind of chew on, I think it doesn't have that going for it. So if you're a fan of her and you're a fan of the book, I'm sure you'll enjoy it. But for me, the documentary could have dug down a bit more into um, some serious issues and some serious questions. I was disappointed. It kind of shied away from that a little bit. But uh, what did you think, Rachel? Because I think it's going to be interesting perspective, you know, the being an American yourself. Yeah, I pretty much agree with you. I... I didn't go fresh on this. I felt like it was really safe. And I mean, if you are, if you just want to watch like a television bio thing, like a, it was so fluffy. I don't know. I I found it kind of boring. I mean, just following her along this book tour, I didn't learn anything. I didn't know about her at all. And I wouldn't consider myself some kind of scholar on Michelle Obama. And frankly, I was surprised. Maybe my expectations were too high because the uh, Obama production team, the higher, their company, Higher Ground, I think it's called, they did two really great documentaries in Crip Camp, which I saw at Sundance, and last year at Sundance, uh, American Factory. So I think I was expecting it to be better because of those things i mean it didn't make me want to read her book i was like oh well i guess it's just gonna be and i mean i think she's a cool lady but i i just thought it was a very fluffy movie and it just wasn't that interesting to me i felt like they could have challenged her they didn't challenge her at all even a little bit and so i i mean if you are interested in i guess just like a very sort of celebrity kind of bio documentary type thing then uh then it's fine i guess i i i gave it two and a half out of five on letterbox so it's not like bad but i don't know i just thought it was completely inconsequential and not i don't know it was disappointing to me but what did you think dan i i think i enjoyed it a bit more and um, but you're totally right and i want to pick up on rachel's point i think this would have been better as a biopic because it, like you said, Joe, it doesn't delve deep enough in the documentary. And the bits that I found the most interesting were not the bits where she was on tour with her book and everyone yeah. loves her and she loves everyone else because that's the picture they want to create. And no doubt, I, I really like Michelle Obama. She, it's hard not to like her. 
but actually the scenes involving all the people that hated the Obamas, um, all the people that criticized her, and the fact that she had to go from speaking to having a, a teleprompter and from a script, those are bits I found really interesting because they mm -hmm. kind of scratched away at this perfect figure of a woman and actually made some really interesting comments about her. I wish I'd done that a little bit more and I wish I'd focused a bit more on her as a first lady. There's a lot of her on this book tour. There's a lot of her speaking to the younger generation. But really, when you really kind of delve into what she's speaking about, what is she speaking about? She's just saying, chase your dream, be yourself, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and, which, which is all great, like, you know, but it's very vague. It's like anyone could say that. And I think it's made with amazing attentions. I enjoyed it. I, I, I sat, had some food, I enjoyed it. Um, but you're totally right. I think there have been documentaries that have delved deeper. And I actually would like to maybe see a documentary on Melania Trump. I know some people like her, some people don't. But at least mm. with that documentary, it can really challenge you. If you if you want to watch a good film about uh, the Obamas, I really recommend a little drama called South Side With You that came out a couple of years ago about their first date. It's really cute and insightful and I mean, I don't agree with them on, I, I'm, not a, I'm not a Democrat for the record. Um, and so I don't agree with them on a lot of things, but I still think they're good people. And so I think their, mm. their romance is, is real cute. So if you want a better, I think a better film of getting to know sort of Michelle Obama, uh, I think that one's really a fun one to check out that's underrated. Oh. Moving on to our, our, our last film of the show. Uh, this is a film maybe you don't want to watch. Um, and I, I'm expecting now a lot of fireworks to happen. This is The Wrong Missy. And this is uh, on Netflix, came out on Wednesday. It's directed by Tyler Spindell, who I have not heard of. He directed another David Spade movie on Netflix called Father of the Year, which I've not seen, avoided that like the plague. And so this one also stars De David Spade. He plays a character called Tim Morris, who um, is basically goes on a really horrible date with this girl called Missy, uh, played by Lauren Lapkus. And the date does not go well. Anyway, three months later, he bumped into another Missy, Melissa, played by Molly Sims, who's this beautiful, gorgeous, blonde model. She's every guy's dream. And so he decides, he's got this corporate retreat in Hawaii. He decides to text that Melissa, the gorgeous blonde model. But unfortunately, he gets the numbers mixed up and he texts the other Missy played by Lauren Lapkus, and hilarity ensues. Here's a clip. That's what I'm talking about. Let's get this wussy wet. <laughs> Here's going. You're good. Go ahead. Grab it. Put that in my mouth now? Yeah. Goes right in your mouth. Yeah, Ted! Hey. If you see the shark that did this to me, you tell him from me. What's up? What's up, baby? Excuse me, I gotta take this. What's up? Can I just say about that clip, that is a really rubbish clip, but to find a clip which didn't have effing and jeffing all the way through it, which wasn't rude or vulgar for any kids who may be listening right now, was very, very difficult. So that's the best clip I could find for, for that movie. Definitely. And I, I want to head straight to Rachel for her views because I, we saw a picture on Rachel's Instagram of her with the Happy Madison logo in the background. She looked ever so happy. And we just said to her, we are so sorry. We, we put you through this. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. I, 
I it's no big secret that I I do not enjoy the Happy Madison films. I just I think they have just such a horrible track record and uh, most of the time uh they feel like films that are made just to excuse just to ride off a vacation for the cast and crew and this is no exception and i mean this thing was just atrocious on every level i absolutely hate it i mean uh it, it wasn't funny at all it had one of the most irritating characters of recent memory i mean she is just the worst and the idea that you're supposed to buy that this is somehow a romantic comedy and that they're gonna somehow get together is so ridiculous and and there's no sense of any kind of i mean it's like a fantasy i mean the there's multiple scenes you know a comedy is really bad when they keep just repeating the same bad joke over and over and over and over again and like for instance here how many times does she fall in ways that should like permanently injure her but they (laughs) but she just like gets up and she's fine i mean she literally falls off a cliff (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh and uh the um uh, I just felt bad for Sarah Chalk. What is she doing in this movie? Of the whole threesome scene. I mean, it wasn't funny at all. And just the whole thing is vulgar and gross. I felt like a, it felt like a revenge film from Adam Sandler because he didn't get nominated. I'll show you and make something absolutely horrible i hated it we, we we're very sorry for uh putting you through <laughs> it uh for sure but if it's any consolation i felt exactly the same way as you did rachel and you even took one of my notes here from my book saying that it has one of the most irritating characters i've seen on screen in recent years um played by Lauren Lapkus, which I don't think is necessarily her fault. I do like her in other stuff that she's done. But here the writing is just awful. And uh, yeah, it kind of starts out exactly as you would expect from an Adam Sandler produced Netflix comedy. Immediately I was irritated and it was just loud and obnoxious. And I just thought this is going to be tough to get through, even though it is only like an hour 30 runtime. I think it's a shame that, like you said, on the one hand, Absolutely. The fact, I think I said to my better half about 20 minutes into it, that if we are to actually believe that these these two fall in love by the end of this movie, it's going to be unbelievable. Like, I'm, I'm not going to get, I don't see where they made the character of Missy, the wrong Missy, so annoying, basically reduced it to a one-dimensional, sex-mad, psychotic that I thought, how are they going to actually make her likable? And how are they going to actually make me believe that they these two characters fall in love by the end of the film? And it's something which they didn't achieve at all. But my main kind of issue with the movie isn't that it's obnoxious and unfunny and annoying, which it is all of those things. But about 20 minutes, 25 minutes into the movie, there's a sequence on a plane where basically this character essentially sexually assaults David Spade while he's sleeping. And it's something which happens again later on in the movie. And at that stage, I thought, this film isn't just unlikable and unfunny. It's 
it's just like tasteless. It's so tasteless, especially for this day and age. And I don't care if it's like roles reverse and you know, it's the man who's getting sexually assaulted or whatever. Like a film to kind of make a joke about that kind of thing, I don't think is appropriate, especially with everything going on in this day and age. So not yeah. only did I not find it funny, I found it offensive as well. Yeah. And it got to the point where Hannah, my better half again, left the room she she after half an hour she was like i'm gonna leave this one with you and just kind of walked out and i wish i could have done the same thing i wish i could have left but i stuck to the end of it i thought maybe there'll be some sort of positives to it but no i came out of it and it is the worst film i've seen in this year this year 2020 and maybe in a long time and it made like a boss which i saw earlier in the year which i wasn't a fan of look like a masterpiece so i did not like it at all so rachel i feel yeah. your pain trust me yeah. um, <laughs> now i'm very excited because i know what dan thought of this movie to a degree so come on dan let's hear it so here, here i go you might as well just uh, bury me deep under <laughs> this is my funeral right now this is my funeral so I just want to point out, firstly, I don't like the Happy Madison movies. I find them really, like Rachel said, very repetitive, very generic, and very dull. I, I tried to sit through The Ridiculous Six, which was out a couple oh. of years ago. Oh, my gosh. It took five times for me to finish it. It was, honestly, it was the dullest movie. And like you said, Alan Sandler uses the same formula, the same actors. Rob Schneider's going to pop up. David Spade's going to pop up. Vanilla Spice, Vanilla, Vanilla Rice, sorry, is going to pop up somewhere. <laughs> Yeah. It's crazy. And he just re reuses it and reuses it. And by the sounds of it, this movie is actually done really well. It's like number one here in the UK on Netflix. People keep watching it. Um, so I went into this. I just knew. I just thought to myself, this movie is going to be awful. It's going to be bad. To an extent, I, I see where you're both coming from. A film that came out a month or so ago on Netflix called Co Coffee and Kareem. That was a film I really hated because it was a film that, like Joe said, it was so offensive. It was so double standards. Um, there's a scene where Betty Gilpin slaps um, Ed Helms' butt. And I thought to myself, if that was the other way around, this film wouldn't get released. But somehow that film just got away with it. No one pointed it out. And I do agree, there is a scene on the plane um, which I didn't actually process what actually was happening. But when someone brought it up, I was like, oh gosh, yeah, that is really bad. And so I'm not going to justify those films on this, uh, from those scenes. What I'll say is the first hour, I really was not enjoying it. I thought the characters were annoying. David Spade, I don't like him. I think he has no charisma. I think he's really yes. boring. Yeah, um, very boring. Very, very boring. Uh, the worst is Nick Swanson for me. I think he's awful. I think he's the worst. Yeah. I think he's worse than Rob Schneider. He's so dull. He has no funny lines. And then you have Lauren Lapkus, who is given this really annoying character. And I will just say, I thought she actually did a pretty good job in this. Um, you know, like I said, she does a lot of silly stuff in it that obviously you could tell she was like, oh, I do not want to do this. But she really throws herself into the character. And so the first hour I was like, this is awful. So with Joe on this and you, Rachel. And then for some reason, the last half an hour, and I'm sorry, I've got to disagree. I actually did kind of buy the fact that they kind of, these two people who you would never think would fall in love. Actually, I saw a side of Missy that I was like, okay, well, actually she is a tiny bit sweet, I guess, towards the end. Um, and I actually thought the triangle where the other Melissa comes back into the picture actually was kind of in engaged with that. And I thought, you know, the movie's not like it's a really sweet rom-com. It's not, it's not that. But I don't know. I, I just watched it. I thought it's 90 minutes. It, it, it went by quite quick. Yeah, please don't judge me on this, you know. <laughs> don't judge me, Rachel. I know you just know me. Uh, I'm not saying this is a good movie. 
Um, but I don't know, I didn't hate it. I didn't walk out and like think, oh gosh, that's like the worst movie ever. You know, it is what it is. I think there have been far worse Happy Madison movies than this. And that is that. And so I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I need to go to confession for this one. Because... <laughs> I mean, Would you when... go fresh on it? No, no, I wouldn't go fresh on it. But I would <laughs> kind of, yeah, I would kind of right. go like, uh. So yeah, we can be friends. That, <laughs> Thank you, Rachel. I... <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're sorry again that you had to sit through it, but you've already become one of our favorite guests on the show. Oh, yeah. so there we are. You get extra anytime, <laughs> anytime. <Yeah. laughs> to our final segment of the show and this is a really fun segment we like to do with our guests and our co-hosts so this is called desert island films and just imagine rachel you're forget the coronavirus you're flying on a plane to the bahamas <laughs> life is good however the plane crashes onto a desert island and you can only take with you one film it could be a it could be your favorite film it could be a film that you can watch time and time again and not get bored with so hopefully you've decided what film do you think you're going to choose for your desert island well, I, I think that I would pick the anime masterpiece that I talk about all the time, Your Name uh, by Makoto Shinkai. I love this film. I've gotten, I don't know how many people to watch it over, it's kind of been my little mission to get people to give it a chance because it's such a gorgeous film, first of all, the animation, and I, animation is my first love. I love, uh, I absolutely love animation and it's so beautiful. The settings, the landscapes, everything gorgeous. Uh, it starts out, it, it, it has everything you could want in a movie. It starts out really funny and silly and then it grows into a more uh, tense situation, the drama then builds and it becomes something really touching and lovely and it has something to say about our human connections with other people and what happens when we get to walk in other people's shoes for a little bit. I just, I absolutely love it. I think it's, it's my favorite film. And I, I think I, it's something I could learn something from every single time I watch it. I don't think I'd ever get tired of it. I have yet to get tired of it. I've seen it so many times. Uh, I love the music. I love everything about it. It's just, to me, it's, it's a, a why watch watch movies is your name it's wow such a gem. yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's beautiful i love okay. that have uh, either that... of you seen it yeah yeah i i saw it it was, it was it's only recent as well isn't it so it's like uh, uh 2016 yeah 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 so it's, it's a fairly like you know we've had guests on here and they picked you know all sorts of films but i like um I like that it's more of a kind of recent one as well. Mm -hmm. And in terms of animations and things like that, I mean, where we are based, films like Your Name are films which you have to kind of seek out. In a city, I think we have kind of one, where me and Dan are based, kind of one local independent cinema. So these are films that you have to seek out, but often they prove the films which are like more worthwhile than something which is showing at yeah. your kind of standard multiplex so that, that that's a really lovely choice really beautiful film i mean i always joke when people say what movie you take to a desert island i'd say take a documentary about how to build a boat <laughs> that's, that's what i always say but other than that i'd want to take something that would give me hope encouragement uh and without necessarily being a spiritual movie although there's spirituality in it 
uh, it's about our human connection. And once we understand the value of, of a person, we'll do anything to rescue them and, and to help them. And, and, uh, and it is a romance also. And uh, I thought the ending is perfect. I just love it so much. So yeah, if you haven't had a chance to see your name, then, uh, then definitely stream it and watch it. It's, it's a really good movie. I, I definitely will. And that's all we've got time for on today's show. A big thank you to our co-host and our guest for today's show, Rachel Wagner. Um, Rachel, I, I don't know whether you want to sell and, and promote your uh, YouTube channel yeah. and everything you're doing. Where can people find you online? Yes, thank you so much for having me. And you can find me at Rachel's Reviews, all over social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Ron Tomatoes. So you can check that out. Also, you can find me at the Hallmarkies Podcast. So we, we, we review all different kinds of rom-coms and uh, just we have a lot of fun on there so even if you don't have the hallmark channel where you're at i think you might still enjoy the podcast so check it out amazing we certainly will thank you again for coming on and don't forget you can follow uh, the dan and joe film show on social media uh, we're on facebook under the dan and joe film show we're on twitter at dj film show and we're also on instagram at dj film show and you can catch up with all the old episodes of the show uh, on our Mixcloud page, on Spotify, and on iTunes as well. A big thank you to the better half, Joe Richards. Oh, thank you, Dan. Ever the charmer, <laughs> aren't you? Thank you. Um, and again, thank you, Rachel Wagner, for coming on. Uh, and we'll see you all next time for our next episode. Thank you for watching, and yeah. goodbye. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.